Amen. Lady of Lords. Oh, pray, pray for, for us. us. Pray for us. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Three Dogs North is an attempt to objectify the subjective with little violence as possible. The following has been torn from its origins in space and time and put entirely at your disposal. And start recording. I already did. Hit now. <laughs> Dang. Well, you don't put any of that stuff in there, though. Start recording now. <laughs> the Our Lady of Lords thing? <laughs> yeah, nobody can know That's that we personal. asked for her intercession again. That's too <laughs> far, Connor. Got to have some boundaries, right? Got to have a private life. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> an animal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that uh, I, I've created a new spiritual mantra that I've been working on for, I don't know, maybe... The past two months or so, maybe. Hang on, past let, me guess. Yeah, let me guess. I kind of wanted to guess too. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's All a right. good idea. Guess okay. it. Okay, Mike's new spiritual mantra. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say you got to name it before you can claim it, but I'm going to lean more towards try harder. <laughs> I was thinking all are welcome. Oh, <laughs> well, we went different directions there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Is it somewhere in between? Is it peace be the journey? No. Okay. No. Sing no, a new church into being. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's protein is the key to success. Is it? Okay. No. <laughs> no, no <it's> not. <laughs> but you can see how we That's could have Grace built on nature thing. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah. Um, no, so what I realized is... Squat uh, hard, pray hard. <laughs> yeah. No, that's Bremer. Never mind. Yeah, form is everything. Form, good form saves lives. I saw a t-shirt once that said, oh, make make squats good. deep again. <laughs> B to G. That's butt to ground. Good squats. Right, Every day is leg day. Every day is leg day. Every night is leg night. <laughs> <laughs> Every night is leg night. <laughs> um, there were some frustrations and coming back to and coming to the parish and um, having and I don't know if y'all have had this experience, but thinking that I like I'm over certain things or like I've fixed certain things that like oh now I can just move on forever like that that sin or that limitation or that failure whatever that's done you know kind of like clean my hands moving forward. And then those things, like, they come back around and you start to ask the question, like, what then? What was that? Like, I thought I was, quote unquote, healed or, you know, I thought I thought I had gotten beyond this. And it can be kind of, you know, a little bit discouraging and um, trying to figure out, like, okay, I got to get amped up for this. I got to be prepared for what the Lord's going to do in me in this new, but kind of like the same battle, you know? And uh, what it made me think of, does all that make sense there? Mm-hmm. I'm kind yes. of rambling, trying to hone in, okay. Um, what the Protestants call backsliding. What the, <laughs> yeah, I'm an old backslider. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't even have to be necessarily stuff um, that's like sinful in nature or anything like that, but it's like, oh, I'm falling into the same bad habits or wasting time here again. I thought I was... 
um, finish with that. Um, yeah. When do I so, get perfect? Exactly. I thought I'd solved the problem of existential angst. Why I thought do I, I was still totally, feel restless. Yeah, I thought I was totally healed forever. Like just that word healing, like mm. as if it's like a done it's it is a done thing and now I can now I can move on and be myself because I'm totally healed. Um and then it comes back around and you're like, "Oh, you know, that's that was the experience that I had. It's like, I can't believe this is here again. I thought I had defeated you." Uh which that in and of itself has a lot of problems to it. But um, what I thought of as I was praying with it and as I started to become um, become aware that it was there and become aware of like my own frustration towards it and a lot of these own thoughts um, and talk to spirit directors and things like that and like, okay, this is here and this is what the Lord has for me again and kind of rejecting the discouragement and saying like this is where the Lord chooses to have me and um, he wants me to like engage this again there's there's deeper healing there's deeper love that can be received Um, and oftentimes it like at least in this case it takes it took me back to like really the spiritual basics um, kind of like really foundational, fundamental things, which in and of itself could be discouraging. Like I thought I had gotten beyond the basics, you know, I thought mm. I had, um, I thought I was more high level, uh, spirit, like in the spiritual life than coming back to, I'm a son of the father. Like I believe in the love of Jesus and the Holy spirit dwells in me. It's like, that's, that's rudimentary, you know, that's like foundational for everything else. And and yet that's where I feel invited back to. And it made me think a lot, uh, about some friends that I've known before. And, um, you know, I don't, I don't know if y'all know anybody personally who's, who's struggled with this, but some type of like mental, um, mental illness, whether it's an anxiety disorder or suffer from like severe depression or something like that. And, they they are prescribed medicine and they start taking the medicine and it's very effective and it does free them from um you know the the lack of um the excess of sadness or the excess of worry and they're able to kind of live in the days normally and and freely and and they do that for you know two months three months and continue to um, follow the doctor's program but and then this thought comes into their head like, I'm better. I'm good. Hmm. I am, I'm fixed. And they quit taking the medicine. And within, you know, two or three weeks, they have, uh, you know, a really difficult breakdown and end up, um, you know, kind of in the worst, a worse place than, than where they were before. Um, cause they, they quit taking this medicine that that's been really good for them. And, has been part of the thing that's healed them and allowed them to to be free and to think correctly and and all those all those good things. Well, that has been my spiritual mantra: is take your pills, just keep taking the medicine, mm. just just keep taking the medicine. Um, hmm. And I, th- yeah, and it's it's. I mean, it can be humbling, quite frankly, but um, like the whole the whole I'm over and done with this or I am fixed idea. That's like, you know, I, I kind of realize it's like playing, it's like playing the spiritual game. 
that's not real. That's like a made up, there's like made up rules as if we're things that need to be fixed. And instead of people to be loved and, um, like people that God are, God is loving. And, um, and I was just talking a lot about this hospital stuff. It's like, yeah, just that's, that's where I've been at. Just like, just keep taking this medicine and, um, let the Lord build up from this really, really foundational thing. Um, yeah, but it can be a little bit discouraging in the beginning. And then you just keep taking that medicine and, and the Lord little by little, um, like over time, you know, not just this like magical one moment thing of healing. Um, but the Lord in, in this day by day medicine of his love, but he brings about the healing that you need. So that has been my spiritual mantra as of late. Just keep taking the medicine. Cause even still my tendency is, Oh, Hey, we're good. We're totally good. You know, like two or three months in and, and then, you know, have, have like a bad day or something and you say, Oh, like I totally didn't take my medicine today. I totally thought I was over this again mm-hmm. and like totally healed and, and all that business. And so been calling back to, yeah, just take that, take that sweet, delicious medicine and <laughs> don't forget it little by little. It's berry flavored. It is berry. Those are Flint's, those are Flintstone <laughs> vitamins. <laughs> Keep taking Dude, those too. That's good, Mike. I like that. Um, it reminded me of that kind of one of those, I don't know what you call it, just seminary lines that has stuck with me for years but when father Sywick was talking about yeah like however far you think you are in the spiritual life you're probably not nearly as far as you think no. do you remember him saying that oh yeah oh yeah. yeah and dang man but that's a that's a beautiful like practical implication of that reality i think one of the things you get as you get a little bit more experience too at least i i do i think the turnaround time is shorter for that realization and then just the humble getting back on the track. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's, there's a, uh, I don't know if I agree with this line, but there was a line in the movie version of diary of a country priest where the priest says to this woman, blessed is sin. If it teach us shame, um, mm. the movie's in French and that's the subtitle. So I don't know if it's a good translation, but, um, I think it it does. I do believe it if it's humility instead of shame, because I know shame is a negative thing we shouldn't have. But um, blessed is sin if it teach us humility. Like, why does God allow us to fall back into something or or into something for the first time? Because pride is is the most deadly of the sins, uh, or it's the root of them. And if we start thinking if we believe the lie of self-reliance that if I just tried harder, if I just took my protein, which is the key to success, then I wouldn't have any of these problems. Um, actually falling, uh, if it's followed up, like the difference between Peter and Judas, you know, Peter denying Christ three times and then reaffirming his love three times that, that strengthens Peter's fidelity and trust in Christ. Whereas Judas, um, I kind of think of it with uh, David and Saul too. Um, you know, David has this big sin that's recorded in history, and 
and he just really humbles himself. And there's that great scene too. When remember when? Uh, oh dang, my computer's doing stuff. Remember when they're walking out of Jerusalem and Absalom t- is trying to take the throne, and the guys throwing Saul's family members like throwing rocks and dirt at him and yelling at him, and yeah. calling him a murderer. And uh, <laughs> his, one of his servants is like, "Should I go over there and lop off his head?" And David's like, "Well, what if the Lord sent him? You know, and if not, then." God will cut his head off or something like that. Um, But I do think that that just alacrity maybe is the word of like just quickness to be like, oh yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not all that. And this isn't, this doesn't surprise me that, um, that I'm vulnerable to this attack of the flesh, the world or the devil. Um, So you just get get back on the track, start taking the pills again. Because I, I do, I had some mental illness folks in my parish that, yeah, they'd be fine coming to Mass, you know, talking to me about how proud they are that they've got their life on track and totally lucid, Mem- remembering like the times, the, the unpleasant times, the troubles and, and being like, no, I'm, this time it's, this time it's for real. And then a couple weeks later you, you see him and it's not good. Um... You just wonder the same thing with an addict that relapses, you know, how long are you going to, how long are you going to stay in the, in the gutter before you're like, no, I can always go back, you know? And that's, that's the thing with the medicine is that, um, God's love is unconditional and we are always capable of receiving it. But I think it's our pride. Like at the moment we think it's self-reliance are living uh, on the straight and narrow that's when we tend to start drifting and then it's our self-reliance that keeps us off the path you know the medicine is being like i okay come save me again like danielle's print that she made of that thing you said mike um yeah what was it jesus man come do your thing and save me (laughs) save me yeah yeah but it has to be chosen i mean it's it's a it's not a passive thing where you like just stop you just go limp like a dead body and have him carry you you have to you have to get up and grab him and let him pull you but yeah that's the i think that's the maybe the switch or like point i'd love to maybe dig into a little bit because i was thinking of and i thought about this a lot recently and just how to just how to talk about that but talk about it properly and in an orthodox way of like complete surrender to um to God and understanding yourself as like this child that he loves and total dependence but at the same time like a freedom to adopt responsibility in your life and i read a book uh recently just on it was more almost more on like bad habits than it was like addiction level because it wasn't written by like a psychologist or anything like that but he was he was talking about in it um just the difference like it can make when like how did he word it when you when you make the switch from an from an external to an internal locus mm. and saying like hey this is this is not something that like these external factors are have to control in my life and like this is something that um, 
it, I, I found it very appealing because he was saying like, this isn't something that is like an internal locus of control, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so saying like, no, I can like, I don't know how else to word it besides you can say like, Hey, I can work on this. And like, well, you're not determined to... by your circumstances. Yeah, that's probably yeah exactly what I was looking for there. But how do you, uh, like, properly mix that or yeah. whatever with like with the spiritual reality of like being beloved sons and daughters of the Father? Does that make sense? Like, how yeah. I yeah. again, like, I just don't have it formulated. When yeah, I hear totally. someone talk about it and it rings true, I'm like, yep, that's it. Um, yeah. Well, we have I like 35 minutes. We should probably be able to solve that mystery. Can, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, can hey, we? probably 10. We, I think all we need is 10 minutes, maybe. Did you ever yeah, uh, you read Oakes' book, this, The Six Controversies on Grace? No. I feel like this is one of those. Mm-hmm. Like, how, do, how is it that we are both... Um, sin is inevitable, but we are still responsible for it. And mm. and the converse, which is that grace is a free gift, but we still have to choose it. Um, that's a paradox, but yeah. it's true. It's especially on the sin one; it's undeniably true. Um, you, everybody does it. Everybody sins, but that doesn't mean that you're not responsible for your life. You know. Uh, what did he say? It says sin is inevitable, but it's not irresistible. Hmm. That's the that's the Protestant unorthodox. You know that that um, isn't Calvinism the tulip thing, irresistible grace, or you know that both sin is irresistible and grace is irresistible. So you're kind of just this passive piece of paper flowing around in the wind, and it's kind of up to God who gets saved and who gets damned. The Catholic thing is you know, that God wills all of us to be saved, but he he won't force us. Um, in Scott Harder's word, God is a gentleman. He won't force himself on us. We have to, we have to invite him in, even though he's the one always knocking. That's a tough one, dude. That's a tough one. Wait, you just don't have the answer? Well, I think Mike, I think your thing is, is it, man. It's like, we, the medicine does (laughs) actually, the medicine actually does transform you from the inside the medicine being grace the sacraments the eucharist prayer uh the fundamentals of the spiritual life and Uh, and i like it so much because it puts the the whole power of salvation it puts the whole action of of healing the whole action of love and of like true freedom in the hands of of the medicine in the hands of the doctor but I still have to choose to take it. And so there's, there's a cooperation with what God wants to do in me. It's like, Hey, I, I, I would, I do want to heal you. I'm, I, here's my love. I'm going to constantly give it to you. Um, and yeah, Rob, like you said, it's like, how do you formulate it correctly where you say simultaneously, yeah, I have a say in this. And like the external factors are not going to, to dictate every aspect of my life or all of the things that I do and don't do. And yet I'm not in control of everything. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not in control like God is. And yet he asked me to, 
to take control of this and to and to choose this medicine. And so the more that I thought about it, I like that difference between saying, I am going to will myself to healing than to say, I am going to will that I continue to take this medicine. And so it's like, I'm going to place my heart in you, Lord, instead of towards my own things and what I want and where I'd like to be, um, you know, how healed I'd like to be. I'm going to give all that up and just give my heart to you. And I can choose that. And then I trust that you're going to take care of it instead of, I trust I can get myself out of this. I trust that I'm going to be fine because I'm so far along and so perfect now that like I have no need of you. Does that difference make sense there? Yeah, Mm -hmm. man. It's good. It's really good. It just, to me, that is talking about, um, again, this isn't formulated either, but like that is talking about salvation and not like you're a project type stuff or like the Christian Smith thing of moral therapeutic deism, which I've been thinking a lot about as well. Um, Cause there's, I don't know, there's like this deep surrender in there of like, you need saved. Not very many. I don't know. You just don't get that very much. And I'm guilty of it as well. Like I don't think about that very much. Um, Cause you just naturally kind of fall into trying to fix or save yourself. Um, or fix other people, you know, like that's just the natural inclination. So I like that. I like that a lot. Well, I think that it, one of the realizations I'm coming to is that salvation and your own, your own, uh, becoming holy is harder than I thought it would be, but not for the reasons that I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, I went to confession the other night and the priest just said something really simple probably says it to everybody <laughs> because I, you know, look at the cross and, um, <clears throat> remember that you have to die and dying is really hard. Hmm. <laughs> it's like, that's so simple, but it's actually like the heart of it all. Um, that's it. You know, every, every renunciation that's called for in the spiritual life is a death. It's not a, uh, <clears throat> It's not like a, uh, you get something, you know, when you start eating healthy and and working out or when you stop doing things that are bad for you and start doing things that are good for you, you're like, man, I feel great. Why didn't I do this before? Um, that's certainly, that's like the purgative way of the spiritual life. And it's, it's so delightful and great and it, and it draws you in further and, um, doing the things, praying and not sinning. But the dark night is where uh, the real stuff starts happening, I think. And you become a friend of God and not like a mercenary who's like, wow, it's really useful to me to have God in my life because I'm happier. And you start to, you start to sympathize with him, to feel what he feels. Um, and he feels what you feel. You become one. That's the end of the spiritual life, the unitive way of being a saint. But I mean, talk to those folks. It's not like they're just spiritually ripped from, you know, doing Lent all the time. <laughs> you know, it's that dying is really hard. It's it's that you yeah. your ego has been totally slayed 
and that now Christ is alive in you. Yeah. And the uniqueness of your own being, which he created, is now transparent to grace, and he's Dude, living I'm, through you. I'm thinking of, um, I got a real good friend. Uh, well, Mike, you know her, little sister Agape, who we met in oh, Leon. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she's the, is it the Little Sisters of the Lamb? They're in Kansas City in the States. Um, but so she was a friend of mine, a good friend of mine in focus and she's with this order now. And so we went and spent a whole day with her and the sisters when we were in France in Lyon, which was amazing. And, but then I went down, she was in Kansas city just for a short time. Gosh, probably over like a year and a half ago now. Um, but I still say that day. So her and I went for a walk one of the mornings. I went down and stayed a few days with them, uh, to see her and spend some time with her. And, the sisters were just awesome and they have brothers there as well. And the work they're doing is really, really cool. But that order in particular has a, like a very beautiful devotion. Not de- It's not devotion. That's the wrong word. Um, but they, they, they seem very close to Pope Francis. He's the one, he brought them to Buenos Aires, I'm pretty sure. Um, and so they like, they read him very extensively and they had this really cool, they have it like once a week. It's a young adult night and they just share a meal. And there's probably like 50 people there and they make like a really simple meal. And then they, you, they read something by Pope Francis and then they just like allow sharing and to talk about it and everything like that. And really like really, really kind of Holy Spirit stuff, at least my experience of with that community. So I go on a walk with my friend, little sister Agape. And I still claim, I've told other people this, it was like 10 years worth of spiritual direction, this walk with her. Because um, we're just chatting, she's asking me how it's going and everything. And But she had this point, one of her many points in there was, like, she was asking me if I had read, what I don't even know, like, whatever exhortation he had just put out or something like that. And I said, no, I hadn't yet. And she had just gotten through it. Um, and she was like, she was like, you know, I hear like they hear everything too. She, you know, I hear critics of Pope Francis and everything like that. But she was like, have you ever just thought about like a lot of the stuff that he says it? I think her, her point was like, she thinks people, it comes off to people as like simplistic, but she was like, have you ever realized how incredibly hard it is to implement and actually do in your life? And like, if you would actually do these things, it was the, it was the exhortation on holiness where he talked about like being in line at a grocery store or like holiness is seen in a mom with her child and things like, like just, it is, it seems like super fundamental, just life things. And yet that's where like the spiritual life rages, man. Um, so sorry for the long winded thing there. I was just thinking of, of her point there. Cause that's always stuck with me of like, this basic stuff that's right in front of us is like overwhelmingly hard to implement and to actually do in our lives. It's kind of the whole thing for Lent. You know, I think some, I at least fall into this pretty much every year if I'm looking for this big thing, man. But if I'd actually just do one small thing and do it, it would probably change my life and change my heart. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's true. It's hilarious, man. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, like, what do you what do you do besides laugh? When because it strikes me like as involuntary laughter of like, dang it, that is true. 
Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I remember. Well, it it just reminds me of a drill weekend that that we had with the army, and <laughs> this is, you know, we got like a lot of you know big guys, you know, thirties, twenties, thirties, and you know, physical fitness is obviously super important, and <clears throat> you know, we do these PT tests to get how hard for you to fit in. Are. How dare you? My braces. <laughs> Do not affect me. They're only on my teeth and not on my legs. They make you look younger. Yeah, they do. They also make me look stronger and a <laughs> like little crazy. Like you're some kind of, yeah, some bionic man. Compartmental. Yeah. People don't mess with me. <laughs> yeah, everyone in my unit's really afraid of me. Um, but... Yeah, so you you know, you get tested on the physical fitness and you get all these like you know, pretty thick guys walking around, guys and gals and uh, doing CrossFit and running all the time and push-ups and sit-ups and all that stuff. But to, to be honest, like a lot of the younger guys, uh, they, they don't work out when it's not drill weekend. And so then we'll come in and like one day out of the weekend, um, we'll have PT together and we'll come in early. And, you know, folks kind of lollygag around, but <clears throat> they don't have like this consistent not a consistent workout schedule and ending and tell it and it shows sometimes they can't finish the run or don't get all the push-ups that they need in but <laughs> we have like a little workout gym in our reserve unit and sometimes in our free time we'll just come in there and, and be hanging out and it never draws a larger crowd until somebody then when somebody puts on a ton of weight on the bench press bar and we have like a like a bench press competition. This sounds so meathead. <laughs> yeah. But then everybody awesome. wants to do that. It's like, hey, you could do this little thing, you know, maybe every single day and get a little bit stronger and, and do a lot in the bench press. They're like, no, mm-mm, I just want the whole thing right now. <laughs> Throw three plates on there and I'm going to wrap that thing like six times. Yeah, and they end up getting crushinated and can't do it. But it's like, we don't want to do these little, we don't want to do the little things. It's like, yeah, I don't want to do that. But let's throw six plates on there and see who can squat the most. Like, let's do the one-time rep, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's it legitimately, it's like that in the spiritual life. Like, hey, Mike, I want you to come in here and receive my love, you know, for, for an hour every day. Uh, and to live in the reality of the Blessed Trinity and Jesus' salvation. Dang it, I made that sound too big. It, that should have been a little bit more simple. Come and receive <laughs> my love. Like, no, I'm good. I'm about to go feed every homeless person in Rome, Georgia. <laughs> like, whoa, dude. Tranquilo, man. Yes. Put four plates on, Jesus. Each side. Let's bench. Yeah. Wait, you don't believe in me? Try, come on. <laughs> Try me. <laughs> Pull the hammy. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Little things. Keep taking the medicine, man. That's that's the rehab. Like like what your brother does. It's like little stuff. Little stuff each day. Get a little bit better. Amen. I think we solved the mystery. That was we even did shorter it. than I thought. Wow, that was easy. 
Give us the next one. That was easy. Next mystery, problem of evil. Why do bad things happen to good people? Because good people do bad things. Salt. <laughs> Salt. Father Oaks is turning in his grave right now. <laughs> he is very upset. Oh, no, he probably is like unclaiming us as his students right now for how bad we butchered that, I'm assuming, anyway. Do you yeah. ever get in there, Mike, and try to try to put up the plates? No. Mm-mm. Come on, dude. Yeah, my arms are about as long as my legs. And yeah, so bench is uh, not your sport. Bench is not. Yeah. Is bench a sport? <laughs> <laughs> bench. That's the next mystery. Bench is a hot is dog a sandwich. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Whoa. I've never thought of that. <laughs> really? Depot. No. It's just yeah. a hot dog. Yeah, but it's meat in between bread. Kimosabe. <laughs> What's the sound of one hand clapping? Oh gosh! Oh man. Um, okay, hey, I went to look up. Um, what's that new movie? A Hidden Life. Yeah. And I, it's not showing anymore. Like, I know. I can't the find it. had the same problem. They were trying it to. Com- watch it it comes out on DVD in March, though. FYI, in I did find March? that. Dang. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I did. You, this is the age of streaming, here. man. Why do I have to wait? Give me all the episodes at once. Binging. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, did you see 1917? I did. I did see it. What'd you think of that one? Did you see it, uh, Rob? No, I didn't. It's definitely worth you guys a watch. Can talk about it though. Definitely worth a watch. Yeah, I I hmm. noticed. Uh, did you notice the tree at the beginning and the end? Especially the tree at the end, Mike, that he goes and sits under? Uh, yeah, the tree at the end for sure. Or like naughty tree. Yeah. It just I felt very cross-like. I, I don't know the background of the guy who directed it or anything, but especially after this, it's basically Rob a couple guys doing this really critical mission that'll save a bunch of dudes. And um, it's very interestingly done where... Um, Baron did a review of it. Oh, did he? It was good. Well, I didn't watch it, but I watched some of the Word on Fire show where we talked about it. <clears throat> but this cool effect that makes you feel like you're just watching one long shot, uh, tracking these two guys in this mission. Hmm. And uh, really gives you an impression of what World War One was like. I thought the set design was insane. How much Gosh. time that must have taken Dude. to put together those <laughs> trenches and yeah. all these bombed out buildings and stuff. Um, but there's definitely the hand of providence in it, especially like with the milk and stuff. Um, yeah. But I just felt like at the end, maybe it's because I'm so, so deep in the Christian worldview every day, uh, the Bible and mass and everything that you're just like, oh, tree, tree of life, the cross, especially this knotty dead tree wood um, in this beautiful green field at the end of all of this human misery, but shot through with providence. I felt like. I feel like this was a Christian yeah. story somehow. Hmm. But a beautiful movie. Not nearly yeah. as beautiful as Hidden Life, so wait till March. You guys Man. You guys are gonna be blown away. It. I hmm. know. Somebody offered to send it to me illegally and I was like, send I don't it. wanna watch it illegally. Um Yeah, don't do that. 
Yeah. That's, that's not you full sh- send life, man. No, you should resist no. it to the point of yeah. death. That small. I'm in a, that's sand. right. You've not even started to bleed. Little things, Mike. You haven't even resisted to the point of death. <laughs> Little um, things. I, I don't know what I was expecting. <laughs> but I left 1917. I was just like, oh, man, I am just really sad now. <laughs> like that's I, I was hoping horrible. for a really inspiring World War One movie. I yeah I don't know what I was expecting. It was just, like that World War One was horrible. Yeah. Did and they not jump over you... the fence and kill all the Nazis? No. <laughs> That's not what happened. Yeah. You're good. I don't want that in there. You're I'm good sorry. at history. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. That was my. I do. Is a joke. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, Bad one. He smacks Hitler, and it's like TB continued. Well, actually, Hitler was in the. TBC. Wasn't he in World War One? He fought. Yeah. Was he in Vert? Uh, I know Tolkien was in the Battle of the Somme. Man, a lot of guys were in World War One. C.S. Lewis yeah. fought. Hmm. Well, I Did George Orwell fight in World War One, <laughs> or he was in the Spanish Civil War? Now, now know. we're getting into the meat and potatoes, talking about yeah. stuff Here we, we don't go. know anything about. Paul yeah, Tillich was. I remember Tillich, yeah. Baron oh. talking about that because yeah. he had to like reshape his whole theology because mm-hmm. of the devastation. Right. Right. Yeah, man, to make sense of that. But, I mean, it's one long shot, so the the movie never cuts. Um, there's a, a, yeah, a scene where he, like, it, it sort of cuts. I, I don't know how they do it. That yeah, there must be CGI to transitions and things like that. Yeah, he gets he gets knocked out temporarily. But um, but it's exhausting in that way. Mm-hmm. And, and as a viewer, it just drags you along. In this guy's mission that just drags through France, I mean, it's pretty simple plot. Just run across France to save, you know, thousands of lives. And it's cool in that way in that he is a missionary. It's nothing gets in his way. Yeah. Like all these other things that, all these other tasks that he could have done, um, all these other people that he could have helped at asked for his attention and the guy's single hearted in his mission and just keeps Mm. moving forward. Um, so I did really like that aspect of it, but because of the one shot technique, it has these odd transitions where you see like this really deep beauty, you know, the, the Connor, do you remember the scene when the, the cherry blossoms are, um, all the leaves are falling and it does look like snow and, and he's kind of floating down this river. And then next thing you know, yeah, beautiful music with the cherry blossoms. And you're like, then there's just the horror of death. Yeah. He he runs right into it. Mm. And this one shot just drags you through the fricking mud. dude. (laughs) And then he gets out of it and you're like, Oh, it just turns to horror really quickly. Mm. And it, but I think that's how it actually was. So there's a lot of authenticity to World War One and in the way that it's shot. Um, but it's so sad, man. Just lots of death, mm-hmm. like meaningless death in World War One too, and just yeah. totally terrible. That's so the I thing left there. That, yeah. yeah, I mean, this isn't about that movie particularly, but the thing that as I've gotten older, and I mean, not a lot, but thinking about having never experienced it myself, which I'm thankful for, but thinking about like the horrors of a war like that or any war, I remember like reading something on, um, Hacksaw Ridge kind of did this 
but the scariest thing to me would be like the randomness of it of like all of a sudden like just everything is is different now or like hacksaw ridge did it in like guys would just like die out of nowhere um and it would just be gone and but you'd have to like transition so quickly because of the nature of it so i just thought of that with that scene of like you were describing like this kind of crazy beauty met with all of a sudden just horrificness i don't know man that's a lot to handle even thinking about it yeah i'm th- i'm teaching this uh class tomorrow is my first one <clears throat> sorry my frog in my throat <clears throat> with the uh guys in the spirituality year uh on liturgy on corbone's book the wellspring of worship nice. nice so it's been good to read through that again but um plan on a kind of an introductory course or introductory lecture tomorrow or discussion just about the sacramental worldview which is a little bit one of my hobby horses mostly the shaman idea uh that the symbolic is the real like the sacramental worldview is that it's symbolic realism or realistic symbolism um that you know when you when you watch a movie like that it, that's what art i feel like does it shows you that the things that you see mean something beyond what they are or what you see but the only way to see it is by looking at them i don't know if that was a concise or clear way of saying that but like you need you need the eucharist to see jesus but jesus is still mysteriously invisible in the eucharist like you have to see past it which is why not everybody sees jesus in the eucharist and the way that you see is with your eyes, but if you don't have this other capacity, this other vision, you won't see everything that's there. And none of us will until you see the reality. The symbol points to the reality that, that in heaven you don't have the sacraments because you're, you're just face to face. But the way we are, body and soul, <clears throat> like we, we must have epiphany. We must see beyond this world because that's what we long for but the only way to see it is through the world and um yeah looking at like that scene of the cherry blossoms falling on the river up into the yeah we almost don't even want to say what what he runs into because it's so gross but it's the it's the um it's human misery self-inflicted human misery uh and in this one little shot of him bumping up against this log uh you kind of you feel it all the meaning mm-hmm. of it all, you know, and just saying, oh, original sin has enslaved us to corruption and death is not nearly as clear a statement as just seeing that, you know. Um, totally true. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that shot really is uh, a horrific depiction of the reality of the fall. Mm-hmm like the beauty of creation and peace and floating down the, the river of, and there's all these signs into all these signs that it doesn't have to be like this. That's, that's the cherry blossom thing. It's like, it it could be corny. And that's what sentimentality is, is like, this isn't, this doesn't actually get at the truth of it. Um, which is why I feel like leaving a movie like that sad. And I don't know if this is just the, uh, my, a melancholic aspect of my personality, but I do feel like sorrow is a, is a deeper feeling than gladness sometimes. 
Like mm. I don't often feel like I just want to watch a popcorn movie that makes me feel really good. I, yeah. I just don't, I don't like sentimentality. I don't like feeling manipulated into feeling good. Um, well, maybe sorrow is even a, is a better word for it than sadness. I don't know what the difference there would be, but, um, yeah, cause sadness has like a kind of a fleetingness to it, a temporality and sorrow is like, I, uh, maybe I mean, it's Manchester response, by the sea, Manchester the by the response sea. to, to, yeah, to, to death. Right. Is sorrow. Yeah. Um, well, hey, I got to get going. I, I'm teaching an RCIA class on uh, the sacrament of uh, sacraments of healing, reconciliation, and anointing. Um, nice, dude. Y'all think? What do y'all think? I should uh, is a must to add into there. Sacraments of healing. Sacraments of healing. Um, I I don't think anything we talked about in this podcast is applicable. Taking your medicine is totally <laughs> different. <laughs> I'd say try really hard and uh yeah, don't ever confess the same thing twice because God gets sick of hearing it. Um Yes. Good. <laughs> Good. This is what I'm hoping for. Mm-hmm. Rob, you yeah. got anything? Just quit sinning. Yeah. Yeah. Then you Stop won't need them anymore. <laughs> Just decide. Yeah. Just make a decision and quit sinning. Yeah, by the time you're thirty, you should be over this. <laughs> We're going to do 10-year plans, okay? <laughs> no, Dude, no, what, what you should do... if I did a 10-year plan? <laughs> what you should do is to explain what confession is, have everybody write their sins on a piece of paper and throw them into a fire. That'll mm. really teach them, like, wow. Whoa. Yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Whoa. But don't teach them the act of contrition. Because then they're gone. No, no. Right. Totally. No, you'll crush it, dude. I have uh, I have true yeah. or false quizzes that I made for the sacraments and for all the, all these topics in RCIA that I used as conversation starters. I would just have people do like the pretest and see what they thought the Catholic Church taught on things. Send okay. me your holy orders one. I'm teaching RCIA next week. Okay. I don't have them for the particular sacraments. Maybe I should do that. Uh, but I just have... I taught bilingual, so I did like long classes every other week, and I would just do big topics like sacramental theology or mm. scripture and stuff like that. But I'll send okay, you what I have yeah. if you want. No, just uh, no, just do that and and make one specific to holy <laughs> orders and send it to me by the end of the day. That'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Oh yeah, hey, if you're gonna do that, add me CCP. <laughs> <laughs> My friend Pete was in the business world, uh, still kind of is, but he was a consultant, management consultant Pete? for a while. Pete yeah, Mikakis? Buddy Pete, who's been on the podcast. Your buddy Pete. Pete, yeah. uh, shoot, hold on. Last Hank Mardukas? Name. Hank Mardukas? He's my best friend. He's been my best friend <laughs> since 18. No, Pete, um, it reminds me of the wretched kid from Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah. Who yeah, yeah, yeah. Leslie Note hates. Pachitis. Mardukas. Pachitis. Yeah. Pachitis. But this is, uh, I can't think of his name. This is my friend Pete Mochitis. Mokaitis, that's Mokaitis. right. Mokaitis. But he, uh, he had, we would often laugh at all this funny lingo that the business, yup, yup, yuppie 20-something just out of college. And one of them was at the time for sending an email, can you flip me on that? Like flip me an email, flip me on that. Like CC me. Hey, could, what? You, could you get me the, <laughs> could you could you write up a true or false quiz on Holy Orders and just flip me on that? Flip me on that. Yeah. It wouldn't be flip it over there. It's not no, a verb. It's just flip me. Transitive. Flip me. 
Could you just <laughs> could you just like put something together, put it on YouTube, and then flip me on that, and I'll show it at. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it makes you wonder. Like, are there things in my subculture that sound so silly that I just say? Probably. Probably not. Yeah, for sure. I actually had a young adult call me out on it and laugh at me. Uh, So I told a story. (laughs) I told a story about Brimmer, which is such a bad idea. Because (laughs) if if he's not there in front of you, it both doesn't make sense and it's unbelievable. Uh, (laughs) And so I tell Brimmer making this like stupid seminarian joke that I'm laughing at because I have a seminarian sense of humor. And... And she, she no joke. She goes, "Oh man, I bet that story's hilarious with all of your priest friends." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Oh, what a nice man. compliment!" Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I said, "Okay, noted. <laughs> Never gonna do that again." All right, good talk, guys. Until right. next yeah. time. Good stuff. Three Dogs North are Juice, Seabisk, and Michael Metz. Conversations have been edited to sound smarter. Audio and transcripts of this episode are exclusive property of Mundelein Seminary and may not be rebroadcast without the express written consent of Major League Baseball. Good girl.